Joe Pinion, or as uh, many Newsmax viewers back in the day knew him, Joe Pinion, has been a guest on this show before. He has an exhaustive resume. He's been a a TV political commentator. He's been a clean energy strategist, a business executive, an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, a a guy that is certainly a bright guy with a diverse, diverse resume. And now... He wants to add U.S. Senator to his resume. This week, the New York State Republican Party nominated him as their nominee for U.S. Senate to run against Chuck Schumer. Now, uh, there could still be a Republican primary, but as it stands now, Joe Pinion is the Republican designee. So as you make a a decision about who you're going to vote for in the June primary, if there is one, or as you make a determination about who you're going to vote for for U.S. Senate in November, thought it might be helpful for you to learn a little bit about some of the candidates that are running. And Joe was willing to come on the radio at 3.30 in the morning to talk to you about his vision for New York and the country. Joe, I know it's a tough time. I appreciate you getting up early. Always good to be with you on the other side of midnight, my friend. Good to be with you. Hey, congratulations on uh, being designated as the Republican nominee. I know I know it was a fierce competition. I know there were a lot of other candidates that wanted it. Well, look, at the end of the day, uh, what makes America special is the fact that any person uh, can choose to put their hat in the ring. I respect and appreciate the others who Uh, endeavor to make sure that we could all be united in one thing, uh, making sure that the people of New York have a chance to have a choice for the first time in 24 years. Um, I am humbled by the fact that the the committee members uh, placed their faith uh, in my hands. Uh, I placed my heart in theirs and in the people of New York State to say that our time is now to build a New York that works for every New Yorker, to rebuild an America that works for every American, and for the 12 million children living in poverty, uh, to the fact that we have runaway inflation, uh, taking seniors on fixed incomes and putting them on their knees. Uh, We've certainly got work to do. So, uh, Joe, this is, I think, the first time a lot of people are hearing about you. Give us, in in a nutshell, um, what you I know you've not held elective office before, although you've been involved in politics and public policy for a long time. What what um what have you done professionally in your career? How do you make money? Well, look, obviously, I was uh, most recently the host of Saturday Agenda on Newsmax uh, every Saturday from 1 to 3, talking about global affairs. Uh, but I wasn't born on television. I was born in Yonkers, New York, a lifelong New Yorker, went to Colgate University, uh, played football there. But uh, in my professional life, most actively uh, was engaged in nonprofit health care, specifically uh, in trying to augment the health care services provided by a nonprofit health care organization uh, to engage in youth development. I was able to help uh, spearhead and execute a bridge grant program providing recurring uh, relief to matriculating high school students who needed just a little bit of extra resources uh, to be able to go on to college, to be able to stay regularly involved and enrolled in college on a more uh, consistent basis. And we found that by giving these at-risk youth uh, bridge grants for $1,500, 
uh, $2,000, $8,000. Uh, we were able to achieve uh, those ends because you had children uh, who didn't have the money to uh, afford the comforters or the winter socks. And so instead of going to a SUNY Buffalo, they would stay home and go to school locally. Uh, and that is not, there's no crime in that except for the fact that some of those children wanted to get away from the environment in which they lived. And we were able to help provide those opportunities. And so for me, uh, whether it was the experiences that I've had uh, in media, on cable news networks, have my own show on, on Newsmax, or whether it was simply looking at the pain and suffering of the children we were able to help uh, through those endeavors. Uh, I've seen when government is at its best. I've seen when government-driven neglect uh, can keep children and families a prisoner. And I understand that now is the time uh, for us to make sure that we can actually have policies that give people the tools to become the best version of themselves. So if you're elected, what's um, the biggest priority for you? If you go to Washington, whether it's a, a national public policy item or something that involves delivering for the people of the state of New York, what's first and foremost on your agenda? Well, I think overall, I mean, there's so many things that we need to fix, but I think first and foremost, if we can embed into all of our public policy, uh, that the government can no longer be held to a lower standard than we hold the private sector. Uh, That has various applications. If you look at something as basic as public housing, uh, the largest slumlord in America today is not a millionaire or a billionaire. It's New York City public housing, uh, $40 billion behind in repairs, repairs that do not turn public housing in America into the Taj Mahal, but rather ensure that people do not get rained on while they sleep or make sure that the air they breathe doesn't kill them. Uh, We've got children living in apartments with lead in the paint, in the air vents. We've got uh, individuals at the height of this breakdown. We had 40,000 elevators in New York City public housing that didn't work. Uh, This is an infrastructure that holds uh, over half a million souls. And so if I was a private person who owned uh, over half a million uh, souls uh, in my responsibility, in my care, and we had these levels of conditions, uh, we would be in prison. Um, and set the fact that we're in government, and so we do not have those problems. So I think that is one area we can have a broad impact. But another one, I think, is something as basic as public safety. Uh, we have seen the insanity of policies like Castus Bail, of defund the police. Uh, 2021 was the deadliest year to wear a badge in recorded history uh, because we had police officers uh, that effectively were prey uh, due to the priorities of politicians who elevated the needs of the criminal above the lawful citizens of this country. So uh, Chuck Schumer was supposed to be the adult in the room to beat back the bad ideas. Instead, he put his head in the sand because he was more concerned about a primary than the public good. Uh, And so we have to make sure uh, that we deal with this issue with the fierce urgency of now. In New York City in particular, we had shootings up 90 percent, homicide up 30 percent. Nationwide, we saw 12 U.S. cities hit all-time highs due to homicide. Uh, And it wasn't just because the American people became more homicidally inclined. It's because the policies allowed the lawless uh, to run roughshod over the lawful. So we've got work to do, certainly. But I think uh, no matter how you slice it, whether you're left of Bernie Sanders, whether you're right of Donald Trump, Chuck Schumer's fingerprints are on much of what has gone wrong in society today. And we endeavor to make sure that in this election, we get a fresh start uh, to build an America that works for every single American. If people are just tuning in, we're talking with Joe Pinion. He is 
a Republican running for U.S. Senate. He was nominated by the New York State Republican Party to run against Chuck Schumer. By the way, Chuck Schumer is uh, welcome to come on this show and offer his vision for the country and for the state of New York, as are any of the other candidates that end up running for this seat. If you want to learn more about Joe Pinion's candidacy, you can go to the website JoePinion.com. That's P-I-N-I-O-N.com. Joe Obviously, I think most people know that New York is a blue state and it's tough for a Republican under any circumstances. Now, Chuck Schumer specifically, he has uh, demonstrated since he was 24 years old a pretty unblemished record of electoral success. He has been in office literally since he was 24 years old. He has never lost a primary. He has never lost a general election. Why do you think that you might be the guy to beat him finally? Or do you think this is more about um, giving the voters a choice or bringing different ideas to the forefront? Uh, What's your candidacy about? Is it about raising different ideas and raising awareness for different policy positions? Or do you think you could actually beat Chuck Schumer? Well, to be clear, I didn't quit my job to finish second place. I had a, had a very comfortable uh, position, but sometimes in life you have to be willing to make yourself uncomfortable in order to take that most uh, essential second step. And for me, uh, that step is making sure that the values I have spent my life fighting for uh, remain to have a vibrant uh, place in American life today and ensuring that New Yorkers do have a chance to have a choice. Uh, this is not a vanity exercise. We know uh, Chuck Schumer can be beaten. Uh, that's not just my opinion. That is the opinion of the voters. When you look at Siena College polling that tells you that Chuck Schumer has not had uh, success with independents north of 37 percent since April. Uh, he's polling at 46 percent, according to Siena College, uh, with the entire electorate today. He's only been over 50 percent once in the last three months. So any way you slice it, Uh, When you're somebody who's been in the United States Senate for 24 years, somebody who's been in Congress uh, for 42 years, someone who's been in government since the day they walked off of a law school campus uh, for 48 years, uh, the question people must ask and the thesis for our campaign has been, if you are unhappy with the world as it is today, how in the world can you keep voting for the architects who built it? Chuck Schumer is the greatest architect in American politics today. He is responsible for the policies uh, under which our life is governed. And so if you don't think that paying uh, over $10 for a rotisserie chicken is a good idea, uh, then certainly Chuck Schumer has to go. If you do not understand how we built a world where $5 on pump four can no longer get you home at night, uh, then Chuck Schumer cannot be allowed to stay. Uh, He is responsible for the policies that have Americans spending $400 million a day on fuel. Additionally, versus where we were a year ago, he is responsible for the policies uh, that make sure that we have Americans who simply walk into diners to be greeted with signs that say uh, chicken wings are going to cost $17. Because while he says he brings home the bacon, the average American family can't afford the ham at the deli. Um, And you have seniors uh, who just got the largest increase from Social Security in a generation, who watched that increase be wiped out uh, due to the runaway printing of money uh, to deal with a virus of foreign origin uh, for which we have yet to hold them accountable. All of these are policies are rooted in the fact that we have a man that maybe once uh, did want to do right by the people, 
but now is more concerned with keeping power than empowering those people who have placed their trust in his hand and who are now struggling with the fact that our working class state has not nearly enough working class opportunities to sustain prosperity for the American families that call the great state of New York home. Do you think that um, you know you happen to be the, the GOP has historically been viewed as a party that appeals primarily to older white men? Uh, we have a very diverse New York State Republican ticket at the moment. Uh, the lieutenant governor happens to be a female. The c- candidate for controller happens to be Hispanic. You're African-American. Do you think your candidacy and the candidacy of other women and minorities by the New York State Republican Party represents sort of a new era in terms of Republican focus and Republican outreach to groups that historically haven't identified with the GOP? Well, look. I mean, to me, at the end of the day, I I was a black American when I was born. I'll be a black American when I die, and I've been a Republican since I was a teenager. But I don't profess to speak for every single Republican that has ever lived, nor do I uh, profess to represent uh, the the will of every single person who looks like me. But what I do believe is that inclusion matters and giving people a chance to have a choice matters. And I think for me, I'm humbled by the fact that I became the first individual who was a black person in the history of New York State uh, to be the designated nominee for U.S. Senate uh, by either major party. That includes the Democrats as well. And so I think it is telling uh, that when you have a Republican Party uh, recommitted to that founding ethos uh, imprinted on the DNA of our party uh, by that founding father in Abraham Lincoln, when you see the fact that we are, again, uh, having the honest conversation, at least on our campaign, about the fact that we must go beyond the talking points to talk about the 12 million children living in poverty that rarely have a voice, to talk about the fact that we have one out of three black children that call New York State home living in poverty when we pride ourselves on supposedly being a progressive state. Uh, Three out of five black children in the Bronx are struggling with the ravages of poverty. We are doing nothing about it. Uh, Those are the issues that I prioritize in this campaign. Uh, An abysmal drop in reading rates for our children. Uh, We need to declare literacy as a human right for every child that calls this nation home, and we need to do it today. Uh, These are our priorities. These are the issues that keep parents up at night, that keep families huddled around kitchen table uh, to make sure that, again, we can stop being a state of 19 million and shrinking. We lead the nation in outward migration. One million people have voted with their feet over the last 10 years uh, because they can no longer afford to hold out false hope uh, for our leaders to deliver. Uh, We need to get past our false hope. We need to uh, get to uh, the unwavering reality of unshakable faith, faith in our neighbors, uh, faith in our values, faith in our nation again, uh, that we will have leadership that puts the needs of the people first. Joe, and we'll have you back throughout the campaign to monitor your candidacy and to follow everything that you're doing. But there's a lot of people in this state They just really don't care for Donald Trump. It's evidenced in the fact that uh, he got less than 40 percent of the vote when he ran for reelection. You're going to need some of those folks that voted for Biden and can't stand Donald Trump to vote for you if you have any hope of winning. There's such a temptation on the parts of some Democrats and a lot of independents that don't like Donald Trump 
to write off everybody, especially, you know, that might be a Republican candidate, especially that might have been a Trump supporter, as just like Donald Trump and representative of the kind of policies that Donald Trump implemented that they can't stand. Is there anything in your candidacy, anything in your policy portfolio that you can point to that somebody that doesn't like Donald Trump might sort of think give you a second look over? No, I think we just talked about a lot of those things. Again, our quest in this election uh, is a moral quest, not a political uh, one. Uh, when you talk about the fact that we are committed uh, intrinsically to saying our fight is not left versus right. It is simply right versus wrong. And we've had too much wrong that has occurred on the watch of the Senate majority leader, the senior senator for our state. Uh, when we talk about the fact that we have people on the far left uh, who want to earnestly have a conversation about canceling the college debt. I remind people all the time, the man hiding behind the cancel the college debt mask is the same person who voted to give the banks the protections they asked for to keep you a prisoner of that debt for the rest of your natural life. Uh, so issue by issue, we believe we are sincere and earnest when we say that Chuck Schumer's fingerprints are on everything that has gone wrong in American politics today, whether you are left of Bernie Sanders or right of Donald Trump. This is not a political uh, quest. This really is, in many ways, our moral obligation uh, to say if you are tired of the division that has ruined our politics, then you cannot double down on the divisive partisanship that has actually built this world that we share together today. Joe, uh, so that's we're, why we're committed to that. And obviously, people can go to JoePinion.com uh, to learn more about our campaign. We need volunteers. We need donations. But we're going to build an America that works for each and every one of us once again with your help by the grace of God and the people of the state know that they have a chance and a home on our campaign. We're going to have to end it there, Joe. Best of luck to you. I'm sure we're going to be talking with you quite often over the next eight months. Absolutely, my friend. God bless you and talk to you soon. Thank you. Joe Pinion.